Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin, and welcome to the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about the research on gentle parenting, and more specifically, what you do when gentle parenting doesn't seem to be working. So first, I want to talk a little bit about my own personal experience with gentle parenting as a parent, um, because I think it might resonate with some of you. So um, I have four kids now, and with my first, I was really into the gentle parenting movement. I'm a co-sleeping mom, baby-wearing, you know, attachment parenting with my babies for lack of a better term. I don't think that term is great either. Um, But I, you know, felt like the next step as my child was entering the toddler stage was gentle parenting. The ideas behind gentle parenting sounded wonderful, you know, respecting your child, empathizing with them, validating their emotions. So all these things I knew were very important from my child psychology training. However, I had also learned in my child psychology training that most evidence-based parenting programs went beyond these gentle parenting strategies and included other strategies for challenging behavior like um, logical consequences and timeout and planned ignoring. And all of those strategies seemed like they made a lot of sense to me, but I didn't feel like they felt right for my child. So I, as my first child entered the toddler stage, I was all in on gentle parenting. This is what I was going to do. And I read a lot of information on it, and it all sounded great to me. However, what I found in actually practicing this as the typical toddler behaviors came up, that I didn't really know what to actually do when things were difficult, when she was, um, you know, showing aggression, for example. And at the time, I also had a newborn, so it was hard to um, implement these gentle parenting strategies of preventing any sort of negative behavior and always being there to validate and empathize with every single negative emotion. And I found the gentle parenting strategies very hard to actually use in the real world. At the same time, it didn't really seem to be working. It seemed like her behavior, you know, I understand children will always show negative behavior, but it seemed like her behavior was getting worse. And who knows if that was just her age or what was going on, but it didn't feel to me like the gentle parenting strategies were working. So I reevaluated my approach. I decided to use some of these strategies for my training, like consequences and timeout, And I used them in a way that is recommended by the research and felt right to me, which is a um, gentle way that respects your child and acknowledges their emotions. Um, And so I think it is possible to combine these gentle parenting practices and these evidence-based parenting program practices. And I will get into more of the detail in this newsletter and podcast about how to actually do that. Um, But I wanted to share that experience because I want, if you are somebody who likes the gentle parenting, the ideas behind gentle parenting, I want to make sure that you know that you are not alone and that um, I also think these principles make a lot of sense and um, they do seem right in terms of what I know about child psychology as well. But as a parent in the real world, I also know that sometimes you need a little bit more than what these gentle parenting strategies offer. 
So that's what today's newsletter and podcast is all about. What to do when you'd feel like gentle parenting isn't working for you. So let's get into it. So recently there has been a movement on social media and in the parenting community more broadly to practice something called gentle parenting. So the exact definition of gentle parenting isn't really clear because it's not a term that has been studied in the research or used by psychologists in clinical practice. The term gentle parenting is credited to the British author, Sarah Ockwell Smith, who wrote several books on the topic. Um, And since she developed this term, it has become a buzzword and it seems to have been co-opted by um, countless parenting influencers on social media to gain followers and sell their e-course. Um, reassuringly, though, most conceptualizations of gentle parenting are based on principles that nearly every child psychologist or expert in child development would endorse. Um, and these include respecting the child, taking the child's perspective into account, empathizing and validating with the child, building the parent-child bond through positive experiences, All of these are great ideas that I think every child psychologist would agree make a lot of sense for parents. However, where the gentle parenting movement seems to deviate from research-backed parenting programs is in what you do when you still encounter behavior problems when using these more gentle strategies or when it's not possible to use these gentle strategies. So most evidence-based parenting programs work on first teaching parents these more gentle or positive parenting skills, and then moving to more um, to other techniques that help parents to handle the behavior problems that inevitably come up after, even after working on these positive relationship building strategies. Um, I also want to say that there are clearly some parents that gentle parenting works great for, or it wouldn't have gained such a strong following. However, I do think that there are many parents that report that gentle parenting doesn't work for their individual child or for their family, and research backs up this experience. So um, researchers have found that gentle parenting techniques are not as effective for more serious challenging behavior like aggression or for children that are oppositional or hard to manage. So what do you do when gentle parenting isn't working, when it fails? So of course, we as parents would all love if just validating and empathizing with our child's emotions was all we needed to do. But in the real world, it doesn't seem to be so simple. It is easy to stay calm and validate your child's emotions when you are calm yourself and everything is going well, but nearly all parents reach a point of overwhelm during which they can't be the gentle parent they want to be. In these moments, parents may be tempted to resort to harsh or ineffective parenting strategies Um, like yelling or spanking, instead of using the research-backed strategies that are not technically gentle parenting, um, but are less harsh and might actually work. Sometimes gentle parenting strategies may even result in a pattern of increasingly frequent episodes of challenging behavior, which makes gentle parenting even more difficult because you as the parent eventually get worn down and the parent-child relationship suffers due to a lack of positive interactions. Um, Real life also gets in the way. So you can empathize with your child that they hate wearing socks all you want, but at some point you do have to put on their socks and shoes or you will be late for work or school. Um, You may also have other children or responsibilities that make gentle parenting difficult. So 
it is hard to um, you know, help your child to stop hitting, as gentle parenting advocates would suggest, when you are breastfeeding a newborn or you're trying to make dinner for your family. Although the overarching principles of gentle parenting may resonate with many parents, I know they do for me personally, these same parents may feel at a loss for how to apply these principles in the more difficult situations of parenting. So what happens when gentle parenting doesn't seem to be working? Or maybe gentle parenting does work for you most of the time, but doesn't work in some situations, such as when you know either you or your child is having an off day. Um, so the strategies I'm going to talk about are not recommended by most gentle parenting advocates, but are consistently backed by research and included in most parenting programs that are supported by research. So if gentle parenting is working for you, of course, you don't need to use these strategies. But if you are one of the many parents that feel like you need something more, the following strategies may be helpful for you. So first, use consequences. So consequences have become kind of a bad word in the gentle parenting sphere. So gentle parenting advocates suggest that the problem with consequences is that we want our children to be internally motivated to behave rather than only responding to externally imposed consequences such as having the internal motivation to be kind rather than being kind simply to avoid losing iPad time. Yet it is important to keep in mind that all behavior has consequences, regardless of whether you impose them or not. So imagine a situation. Your child grabs a toy out of their brother's hand and you do nothing. Even if you do nothing, your child has the positive consequence of gaining access to the toy in this situation. So whether we like to admit it or not, we are all responding to external consequences. So you may consider yourself um, intrinsically motivated to be a conscientious person, but if there were no penalties for speeding, would you honestly always drive under the speed limit? And if you were not receiving a paycheck, would you honestly make it to work every day on time? I don't know. So um, research consistently finds that logical consequences in particular are related to improved behavior and mental health in children. So logical consequences are any consequences that logically follow from the behavior. So they make sense in terms of the behavior. Some logical consequences can include um, making your child stop play to get an ice pack or a band-aid for a hurt sibling leaving the playground when they aren't following the rules, cleaning up a mess they made before they're allowed to move on to the next activity, not having time to watch their favorite show because they didn't clean their room, or losing access to a toy when they don't use it appropriately or use it to hurt somebody else. So research finds that logical consequences may even be linked with increased motivation to follow the rules. So research also suggests that logical consequences are more effective than simply reminding children of the rule or limit. Although research suggests that it is important for parents to remind children of the rule or limit and explain why it exists, this is called inductive discipline, research also suggests that parents sometimes need to use consequences alongside this type of verbal reasoning in order to positively impact the behavior. For example, one study found that Um, This type of verbal reasoning only works to improve behavior and reduce aggression with toddlers if parents follow through on consequences some of the time. So in this study, parents had to follow through on consequences at least 10% of the time. 
The next strategy you might want to try is what we call planned ignoring. So many gentle parenting proponents argue that all challenging behavior is attributable to a rift in the parent-child connection. But behaviors actually have many functions, meaning reasons why the child is engaging in them. So a behavior occurs for any of the following reasons. So the child's trying to gain access to something, trying to avoid something, trying to satisfy a sensory need, or sometimes happening to gain attention from a parent. So when a child is using a negative behavior just to gain attention, it is very important that the parent make a concerted effort to pay more attention to positive behaviors than negative behaviors. So if your child is whining to get your attention, you could make an effort to notice and praise whenever they use a normal voice. However, if simply noticing and praising the positive behavior doesn't seem to be working, it is okay to ignore more minor misbehavior that seems to be attention-seeking, such as whining, fussing, mild arguing, or asking the same questions over and over again. Sometimes children and parents get into a bad cycle where negative behaviors get more attention than positive behaviors. So to get out of the cycle, parents may have to both pay more attention to positive behaviors and ignore some negative behavior. When parents are only using more gentle parenting strategies like emotion coaching for challenging behavior, parents may unintentionally end up paying more attention to children when they are showing challenging behavior than positive behavior, which then increases the frequency of challenging behavior and decreases the frequency of positive behavior. This could create a situation where the challenging behavior becomes so frequent that the parents eventually lose patience and resort to harsh and ineffective parenting strategies. Most research-backed parenting programs, such as parent-child interaction therapy, advise parents to use ignoring for minor challenging behavior, and research finds that this type of brief ignoring of minor challenging behavior is associated with improved behavior and children being more likely to listen to parents. So an important note here is ideally parents should only ignore minor challenging behavior that has the goal of gaining attention. It doesn't make sense to ignore any behavior related to emotional dysregulation since your child may genuinely need your help with calming down or to ignore behavior for a more serious behavior like aggression since you need to step in um, to keep your child and others safe. It's also important to remember that you are ignoring the behavior and not the child. So when the child stops the behavior, make sure you are paying attention and noticing and praising any positive behavior that you see. The next strategy you might want to try is time out. So it seems that one of the core tenets of gentle parenting is that time out is harmful to children. And some gentle parenting advocates go so far to equate time out with physical abuse or pain. Um, yet research actually does not find any evidence for harm associated with timeout and even finds positive impacts of using timeout. For a detailed review of this research, check out a previous newsletter or podcast on this topic in your podcast player or the Substack app. Timeout may be particularly helpful at times when you might be at risk of using more harsh discipline strategies. So for example, when you feel triggered as a parent, timeout can give everyone the chance to calm down in order to effectively deal with a situation. Research consistently finds that harsh discipline strategies such as yelling or physical punishment 
are associated with worse mental health in children. So if timeout gives you a chance and gives your child a chance to calm down before you resort to these strategies, it might be the right choice for you and your family. The gentle parenting movement often recommends time in as an alternative to timeout, but research has yet to determine if time in is an effective strategy. So if time in works for you and your child, it doesn't matter that it's not supported by research and you should continue to use it. But if it doesn't seem to be working, feel free to try another approach like timeout without having any guilt. If timeout doesn't feel right to you, then don't use it. Follow your instincts. Research does not indicate that you need to use timeout in order to be an effective parent. However, if you want to use timeout, I do have a previous podcast on newsletter and newsletter on how to use timeout in a research-backed way. So the final strategy I want to suggest to you if gentle parenting doesn't seem to be working is to take care of yourself before your children. So the advice of gentle parenting advocates sometimes doesn't acknowledge that parents are people too. We have feelings, we have needs, we have desires. Um, So for example, many gentle parenting advocates suggest that parents should never tell their children when they make you feel angry or sad because this could cause codependency. Um, Of course, we don't want to use our feelings to manipulate or guilt our children. That's never a good idea. But we don't have any evidence that honestly sharing our emotions with our children has any negative impact. And we do have some evidence that hiding your emotions from your kids can cause more stress and hurt the parent-child relationship. It is also impossible to help your child to regulate their emotions when you are feeling dysregulated as is often the case when your kids are dysregulated, particularly if you are an empathetic person. So research finds that it's really hard to stay calm when your kids are upset if you are an empathetic person. So it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you if you have trouble with this. So some gentle parenting proponents fail to mention that it's more than okay to take care of your own emotional needs before your children's. So what does this look like? This might mean telling your children you can't play with them because you're too stressed or busy. It could be walking away from a situation and calming yourself down before you calm them down. It could be ignoring their demands until you have met your own needs. We as parents often put our kids first, but being a good parent may also involve occasionally putting yourself first. If you feel guilty about this, then remember that even if you could be a person devoid of all emotions and the perfectly calm co-regulator for your child, you are setting up an unrealistic expectation for all future relationships. So future friendships and spouses will never be able to completely put aside their feelings in every situation. Um, It might cause guilt in the moment, but remember you are modeling healthy emotional regulation when you take care of yourself first. So what is the overall translation here? So research supports the core tenets of gentle parenting, which include validating and empathizing with your kids' emotions, enhancing the parent-child relationship, giving your child positive attention, assuming the best of your child, and modeling for your child the behavior you want to see. So these are all great things. However, for some children and parents, those aren't enough. When gentle parenting doesn't seem to be working, it doesn't mean that you have failed at being a gentle parent. It is important to remember that these strategies have not been found to be effective for all families. So when gentle parenting doesn't seem to be working, parents should feel free to try using other evidence-based strategies such as consequences, timeout, ignoring behavior, and taking care of yourself before your child. 
Above all, it is important for parents to remember that gentle parenting is a trend and not a religion. Feel free to take the parts you like and leave the rest. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast. Listen next week for more research back tips for parents. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.